With Democrats in a hair-on-fire frenzy over the FBI's renewed Hillary Clinton investigation, Hillary actually isn't losing any prominent supporters. In fact, Democrats are circling their wagons around their corrupt harridan of candidates. They're loosing the dogs of Harry Reid to accuse the FBI of rigging the election for the Russians and Donald Trump. They're utilizing the media to parse FBI Director James Comey's statement. They're blasting congressional Republicans for, of course, overreach. Anything to avoid looking reality in the face. Hillary Clinton is insanely rotten. They picked her. Unlike Republicans who nominated Trump with a minority of the vote, the Democratic National Committee attempted to mobilize behind Hillary during the primaries. New DNC Chair Donna Brazile actively funneled debate questions to Clinton during the primaries and then lied about it. The Democrats insisted Hillary Clinton be anointed. They nominated her with a substantial majority of the primary vote. Unlike Republicans who have spent months agonizing over Trump's nomination, you know this, we've been doing it, with some Republicans vowing not to vote for him, and others vowing to vote for him but not support him publicly, like Paul Ryan, and still others stating they'll vote for him but criticize him when he deserves it, like Mark Levin, virtually all major Democrats cannot stop praising Hillary under any circumstances. While Trump goes to war with Paul Ryan, because Ryan won't campaign for Trump, Obama's out there, on the front lines, still calling Hillary the most qualified person ever to run for president. Michelle Obama's focusing all of her attention on pushing Hillary, a woman who helped cover for her husband's sex abuse into the White House while crying crocodile tears over Donald Trump's treatment of women. Now, there are a couple of ways to take this. First, we Republicans can admire the solidarity of Democrats. They will always back their man or woman no matter what they do. A candidate can literally drown a woman in a river, and they'll call that guy the lion of the Senate when he dies. Donald Trump jokes about shooting someone on Fifth Avenue and losing no support, but a Democrat presidential candidate could probably do it and get away with it. So that means Democrats do have a built-in electoral advantage. Alternatively, we could be a little proud. Yes, proud. It turns out bad, bad people do. What a lot of these Democrats are doing, they tolerate any and all behavior from their candidates so long as their candidates are of the left. The ends justify the means, always and forever. Among Republicans, however, we like to question our own. We may determine the cost of Donald Trump personally may be outweighed by his political benefits, but we do agonize. That's a good thing. Do Democrats agonize? Nope. And that makes them the more immoral party. That is supposed to mean something. Perhaps it doesn't. Maybe winning's the only thing. Maybe we all ought to act like Democrats when it comes to politics. But it seems like a better strategy for Americans to start acting like Republicans instead if we actually would like to have a country worth saving. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. All righty, folks. So lots to get to today. And uh, you know, we, uh, we'll get to all of it in just a second. The media are continuing to lose their minds. The Democrats are continuing to react with, with solidarity to Hillary Clinton. Uh, but first, we have to say hello to our sponsors over at Helix Sleep. So I have this brand new mattress that was sent to me by Helix Sleep. It's really cool. You go to helixsleep.com slash Ben and you use the promo code Ben. Uh, helixsleep.com slash Ben. What it is is that you, you, you go to their website and they ask you a bunch of questions about your body type and do you like a mattress that's comfortable? Is it a mattress that's that's soft or hard? Do you like a mattress that is that is more breathable or do you like it warm? And then based on that, they have an algorithm that calculates the best kind of mattress for you. And if you're married, then they'll actually calculate it. They'll create a mattress for you that is different on both sides of the bed. Uh, and then they send it to you in a giant box and you open it up and it inflates. It's really cool. Uh, and uh, it is super duper comfortable. We actually just upgraded our bed frame because we only had uh, a queen bed frame. We now have a king bed frame because we had to 
get one for this new mattress that they sent us. We like it that much. We, we actually did away with our very expensive old mattress in favor of this one. HelixSleep.com slash Ben, and they will give you $50 off your order. You have 100 nights to try out the mattress, see if you like it. And if you don't like it, they will pick it up for you for free and give you a 100% refund. Helix customers report 30% improvement in the overall sleep quality. There is nothing that says luxury like sleeping on a really nice bed. I know because I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a pretty light sleeper, and so I'm very intent on using you know, Helix beds and, and, and great mattresses from our sponsors, Bowl & Branch. But helixsleep.com slash Ben is the place to go if you want a great mattress at a, at a really affordable price, a lot less than you would have to pay somewhere else. Okay, so lots going on. The, the Clinton Foundation uh, is now under investigation, apparently. So there are lots of investigations with, with regard to Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's got troubles up the wazoo, and she doesn't know what to do about them. So yesterday, she was tweeting things like, with the election just eight days away, Trump should immediately disclose all of his ties and connections to the Kremlin and its associates. Ooh, if that's the best she's got, she is toasterama. She is, she is buttered toast. I mean, she is done, done, and done. Because the fact is that... I assumed, I think everybody assumed, Donald Trump is legitimately one of the easier candidates in human history to find oppo on. I mean, the guy's bragged about basically every sin he's ever committed. You're telling me you can't come up with anything? You can't come up with anything? But it turns out that they can't, apparently. The best that, that Hillary can come up with is, why is Donald so close to the Russians? Yeah, we know, Hillary. You've been saying it for months. And it's true, Trump is close to the Russians. But if this is your big bombshell... If this is what you expect to change the election narrative back away from the FBI might indict you, then uh, it ain't going to work, especially when there are other investigations of the Clintons that are going on. There are three simultaneous investigations of the Clintons that are happening right now. One is Wienergate and the extra emails that were found in Wienergate. Anthony Weiner and his exploding wahoo uh, he, uh, he is in the news again, of course. And then there is the Hillary Clinton private server investigation. The private server, her server for money, does what she wants it to do. And then there is the Hillary Clinton Foundation scandal, and the FBI has been investigating that as well. Uh, the FBI is on top of that because the whole thing is just a giant pay-for-play routine. The Washington Post reported last week, we talked about it, that Hillary Clinton's foundation, the Clinton Foundation, was basically a giant slush fund uh, designed to help the Clintons raise money on the side and then give favors to all of their political friends. So the assistant FBI director, former assistant FBI director, he says, yes, the Clinton Foundation is, in fact, under criminal investigation. To have the FBI director determine that it shouldn't even be referred to the Department of Justice, uh, you know, nobody in the FBI and, and my former colleagues and many of them still in the Bureau, just no one understood why that was. When they heard his presentation, they thought that it merited an announcement that charges were recommended, if any announcement be made, but they thought that the package should have gone to the Department of Justice for final decision, and he cut that off and said, We're, we recommend closing it. Once he did that, well, there was frankly, no choice. Frankly, Loretta Lynch, frankly, the Attorney General Loretta Lynch had said previously, we will defer to the FBI on this. Well, she did, but she could have deferred to... And that was wrong on her part. She has underlings that are professional career prosecutors that are civil service that are not under the appointment of the president or serving at the, uh, the, the behest of the president. So that could have handled, been handled by normal means of the senior officials at the FBI referring that to senior prosecutors at DOJ. Um, who have handled many, many of these type of investigations mm. um, and handled it that way. 
now that he did what he did on July 5th, then testifies before Congress, and Congress says, if there's a new development, you're closing this case, you did close this case, or you're stopping the investigation, if there's a new development, tell us. You have to let us know. And I think that's what comes down to this week. Okay, so, you know, the, again, another investigation of the Clintons, and all that people get from this, they don't get the they they don't get the general you know, kind of specifics of this of this particular scandal but they do get that the clintons are just dirty 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 her numbers could not be any worse right now i've never seen a more polarized electorate people hate hillary or they hate trump and we'll get to that in just a second because i think that some of the hatred is actually obscuring obscuring the truth and we'll get to that in just a moment the media are attempting to to protect hillary with everything they have so there's this woman named robin lackoff Naturally, she's a professor of linguistics at Berkeley, which means she's a moron. And she has a piece today called Hillary Clinton's Email Gate is an Attack on Women. Really? Is it? Is it really an attack on women? I, I missed the part where you setting up a private server in order to shield information from public FOIA request, how that has anything to do with vaginas. I missed that part. I love, but I, but I love the writing. It's so over the top. It, it, it is amazing. All the women who claim that they're real feminists, and that means there are no differences between men and women, and women should be treated exactly like men. How do you expect to get away with writing like this as a feminist? I am mad. I am mad because I am scared. Okay, I thought that the whole premise of feminism is that women are not more emotional. Like, I would never open an article, I am mad, I am mad because I am scared. I mean, come on. It says, I am mad. I am mad because I am scared. And if you are a woman, you should be too. Emailgate is a bitch hunt. This is, she, this is in Time Magazine. Seriously. But the target is not Hillary Clinton. It's us. Really? It's a bitch hunt? But the target isn't Hillary? It's us? And every woman across America should be... My wife isn't scared. My wife seems, seems pretty okay. My mom, I talked to her yesterday. She seems okay. Taylor, are you scared? Taylor doesn't seem very scared. Of course, Taylor's tatted up and can take any one of the people in this audience. But, but the reality is that there are no women across the country who are scared because of email gate. There are lots of reasons for women to be scared of things. Like rapists, that's bad. Murderers, bad. Jihadists, bad. Right? There are lots of bad things for women to be scared of. One of those things is not email gate, it turns out. <laughs> but this idiot writes, the only reason the whole email flap has legs is because the candidate is female. Can you imagine this happening to a man? Yes, David Petraeus. Okay? Clinton is guilty of SWF, speaking while female. And Emailgate is just a reminder to us all that she has no business doing what she's doing and must be punished for the sake of all decent women everywhere. There's so much of that going around. You have to be delusional to believe this. I mean, this is delusional beyond delusional. Can you play the victim card any more than this? The people demanding Clinton act like moral exemplars, thundering from the pulpit like Jonathan Edwards or Cotton Mather. Um... No, the people are not demanding Clinton act like moral exemplars. That's not even a sentence, first of all. The people are demanding Clinton act like moral exemplars. You mean the Clintons act like moral... What? what, what is it? What? Okay, that's a, try diagramming that one. I think what she's saying here, to translate it into English, is that the people are demanding Clinton act like moral exemplars. So the people... Are, I don't know. I can't. There's nothing there. Sorry. You got, you got verbs in the wrong place, gang. But Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Chris Christie, Newt Gingrich, Rush Limbaugh, and their many conservative friends are not remotely Clinton's moral superiors. Okay. Whatever. You know who's Clinton's moral superior on this issue? Anyone who didn't set up a private email server and expose classified information. Anyone. Anybody. They are simply bullies using gender discrimination to give a veneer of plausibility to their accusations. Okay. So, for the moment, watch this. I identify as a woman. Hillary's corrupt. 
Okay, now back to reality. I identify as a man. Hillary's still corrupt. Did things magically change based on my identity? So dumb. FBI chief James Comey has shown himself to be another bully of the same kind. He acquitted her six months ago. Was he a bully then? Unbelievable. He has repeatedly talked down to Clinton, admonishing her as a bad parent would use a five-year-old. He has accused her of poor judgment. This is my favorite article ever, I think. He has accused her of poor judgment and called her use of a private email server extremely careless. Listen, she's lucky he called it extremely careless. If he had said reckless, she'd be in jail right now. And if Comey's a Boy Scout, here's one old lady who will never let him help her across the street. Um, okay. I, okay. If the candidate were male, there would be no scolding and no scandal. It's true. It's amazing, guys. I've never heard of a, of a male politician caught in a scandal, have you? I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Like, I don't know, like Anthony Weiner, whose emails were actually found. Her emails were found on Anthony Weiner's server. But Anthony Weiner, lest you forget, Anthony Weiner is a female because scandals only hit females. Lest you forget. Anthony Weiner's Weiner is a female Weiner. Okay, so. I love this. If candidate were male, there'd be no scolding and no scandal. Those very ideas would be absurd. No man in history has been hit by scandal, according to this obtuse woman who teaches at Berkeley. Men have a nearly absolute right to freedom of speech. Uh, So do women. And also, some of us have felt some consequences for freedom of speech. In theory, so do women. But that, as the creationists like to say, is only a theory. Ah, you have to have the gratuitous slap at the creationists for no reason. What I love about these people is they just, they kind of... They're, they're trucking along. I remember, let me put it this way. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. When my daughter first started running, she would run in a direction, but she was running in every direction at the same time because she wasn't very coordinated. So she would run forward, and at the same time, her arms were going everywhere, and her feet were going everywhere. It was really funny to watch. Okay, that's like feminists, like this woman, reasoning. Okay, she just has to stop, for, she has to, stop to see the size. Oh, there's a creationist. I'm going to make fun of the creationist for no reason. Clinton's use of a personal server has not been found to be a crime. Then how is it so many have found the charge so easy to make and make stick? I don't know. It was O.J. Simpson wasn't convicted of a crime. I still think he murdered his wife. How has her use of the server made plausible all the claims that she's deceptive and untrustworthy? Oh, I don't know. She set up a private email server in violation of law three days before becoming Secretary of State to hide things. Maybe it was that. Or, or, or perhaps this woman's right. And it's the fact that she has fallopian tubes. It's not about emails. It's about public communication by a woman in general. (laughs) Funny, nobody had these complaints about Elizabeth Warren. Weird how that worked. Of course, in the year 2016, no one, not even the Donald, could make this argument explicitly. After all, he and his fellow Republicans are not waging a war on women. How do we know that? They have said so. And they're men, so they must be telling the truth. How to tell the genders apart. This is in parentheses. Men are truthful. Women are liars. Now you know. I have been calling Donald Trump a liar the entirety of this election campaign. Hillary Clinton is also a liar because I don't justify whether I call somebody a liar based on their genitalia. I, lo- I have to finish reading this because it's so good and we've come this far. This is like a horrible journey we have to see through to its conclusion. It's like the last couple of Harry Potter films. Here's Hillary Rodham Clinton, the very public stand-in for all bossy, uppity, ambitious women. Here are her emails, and since it's a woman, doing what decent women should never do, engaging in high-level public communication. I love this so much. There must be something wrong with that. Even if we can't find that something, we will invoke the terminology of criminal law to account for our feelings. She's getting away with treason. Put her in jail. We can't quite put our fingers on it, but the words sure do make a lot of people feel better, so they must be right. Clinton has repeatedly apologized, writes this Looney Tune, but apparently not enough for her accusers. In fact, her apologies were her only mistake. By apologizing, she acknowledged guilt, because that's what women are supposed to do, because women are always guilty of something. 
Several members of her own staff sent emails grumbling. She was a recalcitrant apologizer, but her instinct was right. Apologizing has only made her weaker. By the way, some of the people commenting on her inability to apologize include Neera Tanden, a female. Her opponent never apologizes, not really, so accusations slide off his back like water off a duck's. Imagine the emails the Trump campaign must be exchanging. Now those would be legitimately interesting. Right, and also non-criminal, gang. They would be interesting, but they would not be criminal because Donald Trump does not work for the federal government and was not in a position of federal power. Just amazing what they will do in order to shield their girl. And it's the same thing with Charles Blow. Charles Blow, who's one of the worst columnists in human history. I mean, it, it basically... I don't, I don't even know who, who's, who's as bad as Charles Blow. There is no comp. He has an article called Emails, Genitalia, and the FBI. I'll go through that in one second. But in order to do that, you'll have to leave us at Facebook and join us over at DailyWire.com. If you subscribe at DailyWire.com, not only do you get the pleasure of hanging out with Shapiro Thug Life on Halloween, but you also get the pleasure of watching all of our podcasts live in real time, joining the mailbag, which we will be doing on Thursday. You can do that in real time. Ask me questions. You get a free copy of my book signed. You also get Andrew Clavin's wonderful podcast, and it really is a lot of fun. You can check that out, too, at DailyWire.com. And we're adding all sorts of new services and subscriber goodies all the time time at dailywire.com eight bucks a month go check it out biggest conservative podcast in america all righty so charles blow is on the same page and he does have a name like a dickens character where the name of the character actually describes the person and so charles blow he says who would have thought the final leg of this election cycle would be dominated by crowing about violating vaginas and by probes into penis pictures well i mean i sort of could have predicted that as soon as it was hillary and trump were the nominees but Oh, well. Even that frame is problematic because it creates an equivalency that doesn't exist. One scandal is about a man boasting of predation, and the other is about a woman weary of people's prying. Oh, Hillary's a victim. She's weary of people's prying. I'm so tired of people prying into my official emails that I write on behalf of the United States government and that are subject to FOIA request and review. My God. He's basically using the same argument that they used with regard to Bill Clinton stooping Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office. Oh, it's just sex. It's his private life. Except at least Bill Clinton could argue that was my genitalia. Hillary Clinton was actually writing emails on behalf of the United States government that were subject to review. He says, these are fundamentally different flaws, one clearly being about a pattern of assault and the other about a pattern of ill-fated insularity. No, it's also about a pattern of paranoia and government law-breaking. The fact is, Hillary Clinton is the only first lady ever fingerprinted by the FBI, and they fingerprinted her because there were documents missing in the Whitewater investigation. They were found in the personal quarters of the White House, and her fingerprints were on them, so they had to fingerprint her. She's been doing this for literally decades. The New York Times continues, this is Charles Blow, and yet an utterly irresponsible media, thirsty for a scoop, ignoring the consequences of its scope, has egged on a public with a scandal lust aiding and abetting Republicans in turning an email mistake into a colossal crime. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Okay, a mistake is I send an email that I didn't mean to send early, and then I write a letter to somebody saying, can you please delete that? A mistake is not, you know it wasn't a mistake? It wasn't a mistake that the producers on this program got up this morning, and they came in, they made sure all of the equipment was hooked up. I came in, I made sure that my computer was hooked up, we turned on the camera, we made sure that the, that the teleprompter was working for the opening monologue, and then I began. None of that was a mistake, that was all planned. Mistakes are when you don't have a plan, folks. Mistakes are when you do something that's not according to the plan. If you set up a private server and then use the private server, that is not a mistake, that is you having a plan. The only mistake is that you got caught. 
They say this election is in danger. Uh, the, the, and here's where we get to the fun part. Charles Blow says this election isn't in danger of being stolen by Hillary, but in danger of being stolen from her. Ah, we've reached the point of we've reached the point of genius. We have now flipped the entire script. Donald Trump complains for months about how this election is rigged, and every Democrat says he's undermining the system. And now, where are the Democrats? What is Charles Blow doing? Ah, it turns out the election is rigged, but it's rigged against Hillary Clinton. He says that Comey's move was reckless, weaponizing the reputation of the Bureau as a partisan political entity. But Comey was ignoring the strong discouragement of the Justice Department. Yes, he was. Okay, first of all, the Justice Department doesn't get to play moral arbiter here, considering the Justice Department has intervened wrongly in virtually every major race case in the United States for the last eight years. They certainly don't get to do it when Loretta Lynch is meeting with the Clintons. But it is fun to blind yourself based on partisanship. So, on the one hand, you have the Democrats blinding themselves based on partisanship. There's nothing wrong with Hillary. Everything is great. It's just that people don't like women. People don't like women. It's just that, that if Hillary had a penis instead of a vagina, everything would be wildly different. First of all, it would be wildly different. She wouldn't be running for president because she'd just be like a thousand other men who want to be president. She certainly wouldn't be married to the former president and running. But... They, they have, it, it's amazing to watch the media spin. I mean, the blindness, the partisanship. So here was the, the front page of the New York Daily News on Monday. Okay? And it's a, an ugly picture of James Comey. And they pixelated it in such a way that he looks like he hasn't shaved. It, and and they, they, like, really, it looks, it looks horrifying, right? This is what, what they did here is um, they, they've messed with the graphic a little bit. It looks like one of those ugly cartoons that you sometimes see under freeway overpasses that are... That are um, you know, sort of graphically done, so they reversed the, the they photo negative it, and it looks black and white except reversed, and so you look dark and ugly. They've done that to James Comey's face here, and it says FBI's mad bomber. So the FBI director is now apparently a mad bomber. He's actually a he's like a terrorist. He's like a terrorist. The, the New York Daily News. I'm old enough to remember when they were saying that Donald Trump was was blowing up the Statue of Liberty because he didn't like. Muslim immigration. So now James Comey is the FBI's mad bomber. They say, news says, reckless Comey must go. Expert, only criminal if classified emails. Fed agents knew of laptop weeks in advance. So James Comey is the villain. And they also have an alternative headline that says, Rogue One. He's gone rogue. Why are they saying all this? Well, because they're on Hillary Clinton's side. George Stephanopoulos does the same thing. Here's George Stephanopoulos on Sunday with Kellyanne Conway. Call this email issue worse than Watergate. How is it worse than Watergate? He just sees that there's this constant cloud of corruption that follows Hillary Clinton around. And for the FBI, remarkable move 11 days before the election means there must be something there. Watergate was a criminal conspiracy led by the President of the United States that had 48 people plead guilty. Well, but, but George, uh, and if you look at what's happened with Hillary Clinton and two FBI investigations this year, what Jim Comey did in July, on July 5th, he said, we declined to prosecute her, and then he went on to give us all the list of reasons why she should have been. But he didn't bring prosecution, said no reasonable person. That's right, he said that, and then he as a reasonable person went through the whole list on July 5th in his very public statement of how reckless and careless she was. And then two days later, under oath in front of Congress, Jim Comey went through the whole list of contradictions of Hillary Clinton's own words. There was not just one device, there were 13. She did, in fact, exchange classified national security information. So he undercut his own premise, and he certainly undercut what Secretary Clinton had had. But look, I think for the voters at this stage, this plays right into their reluctance about Hillary Clinton anyway. Okay, so... I love that Stephanopoulos is really finding this ridiculous. How could you compare Wiki? How could you compare Watergate to Hillary's scandal? Okay, what Watergate was was an attempt to break into an opposing party's political office and get their information, and then a cover-up that involved that. 
Hillary is a cover-up involving the attempt to actually expose classified materials to foreign hack. That's a lot more serious than I was trying to get inside scoop on what George McGovern is doing in 1972. That is much more serious because it doesn't expose America's national classified secrets to foreign hack. Right? That's what Hillary Clinton was doing as the Secretary of State because she was trying to protect herself through secrecy. That alone is significantly worse than Watergate. It is worse than Watergate. The only reason that it's not worse than Watergate in terms of her cover-up is because she wasn't the president and Nixon was the president, so he could fire the, the special prosecutors and the, and the Saturday Night Massacre and all the rest of that. Hillary couldn't do all that, but she could certainly use the State Department as a, as a pass-through entity for her own pay-to-play. And she could certainly use the State Department employees, and Obama could corrupt the DOJ in order to prevent prosecuting her. But Stephanopoulos, who's a Clinton hack, obviously, I mean, he writes in his autobiography about how he, he would have this conversation with Hillary after, after 92, or after 96, rather, where she said, I love you, George. And he said, I love you too, Hillary. And they passionately made out. All of which is true, except the part where they passionately made out. I just threw that in. But they actually were, you know, good buddies. And now he's the objective news anchor at ABC News. Pretty, pretty insane. Very few Democrats are being honest about all of this, and some of the ones who are because they're Trumpsters. So Mika Brzezinski, who has been swinging wildly from side to side with regard to Donald Trump, here she is talking about why this is really Hillary Clinton's fault. I just kept thinking how I've been on my horse going after Republicans and the Republican Party. You nominated this guy. You nominated Donald Trump. How could you do that? When I'm thinking Democrats nominated someone who was under an FBI investigation for having a private server, among other things. So here we are. Okay, and she's right, of course. Now, that doesn't... And Doug Shane, who's a Democratic analyst, uh, he's, I think it's pronounced Shone or Shane, he's on Fox News, and he's been a Hillary backer for a long time. He says he's not going to support Hillary anymore. Harris, under these circumstances, I am actively reassessing my support. I'm not a Trump... Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Right. You're not going to vote for Hillary Clinton? Harris, I'm deeply concerned that we will have a constitutional crisis if she's elected. Wow. I want to learn more this week, see what we see. But as of today, I am not a supporter of the Secretary of State for the nation's How long have you known the Clintons, Doug? I've known the Clintons since 94. Wow. So that's Doug Schoen, who is uh, who's Democrat Karl Rove, uh, and he says that he's not going to back Hillary Clinton anymore. Now, most of the Democrats are still on board, and this is what I was saying at the top of the show. Most Democrats are still on board, and they're going to blind themselves no matter what Hillary Clinton does. They must blind themselves so they don't have to see what they're doing. It is amazing who the Democrats will try it out. They've tried out Stephanie Rawlings-Blake. This is the former mayor of Baltimore, and she says that, that James Comey is the one who's at fault here. And the only thing that's clear is that he's under pressure and he got shook. He, 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 he acted under pressure that, uh, that's really Trump-esque recklessness to do something like this nine days out or 11 days out and not have anything to back it up. Okay, so it's, it's unbelievable recklessness. Mayor, that, that, by the way, is the same lady who said during the Baltimore riots that she was going to give the rioters space to riot. That's that same lady. It was under her auspices that they filed that, that, her, that the DA... In, in Baltimore, filed case for, for manslaughter and second degree murder against the officers in the in the Gray case in the Freddie Gay, in the Freddie Gray case, and all of those officers basically ended up being acquitted. So she doesn't get to talk about extreme recklessness with regard to the law. She is extreme recklessness with regard to the law. But again, Democrats have no standards over their own behavior. Bill Maher did the same thing. He says he doesn't care what Hillary does. He's not going to back Trump. 
So you know what? I don't know what they're going to find, and I don't care. She's got a server in her basement. I don't care if she's got John Benet Ramsey in her basement. I'm still not voting for Donald Trump. And there's the big cheer, right? No matter what she does, I'm not voting for Donald Trump. But the difference between you know Bill Maher and me is that he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton. What he's really saying there is, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton, even if she has a body in her basement. At least he's honest enough to say it. This is how Democrats think. This is how Democrats think, is that even if there's a body in the basement, they are going to vote for their person no matter what. Now, look, as somebody who's not voting for Donald Trump, somebody who says neither of these people meet my standard to be president of the United States, I can fully acknowledge Hillary Clinton is an awful, corrupt, nasty woman who believes in evil things. Okay, and I'll say she's a nasty woman because she is a nasty woman. She's a nasty person who happens to be a woman, okay? The reality is that does not make Trump any better of a person. Both of them can be scurrilous and terrible. And the same thing is true for Trump. If you really hate Trump, you can still say that Hillary Clinton is awful. If you say, this, if you say that Hillary Clinton is awful, you can still say Trump is. If you say that Trump is awful, you can say, still say Hillary Clinton is. This is the trap I see some of the people who are not voting for Trump, Republicans not voting for Trump, falling into. I've been talking about sort of the flip side of this for a lot of this election cycle, the tendency of a lot of Republicans and conservatives to start pretending that Donald Trump is conservative, to start wishing away his bad activity because Donald Trump is running against Hillary, so he can't be that bad, and it's a binary election, so we're not going to talk about all the bad things Donald Trump does. We're going to be deliberately dishonest about all of it because, after all, it's binary, and we can't stand to think about ourselves in this context. We can't stand to think that we may be voting for someone bad. And I've talked about how I think that's perverting what conservatism is and what republicanism is because now you're creating an image of Republicans where we're willing to allow all this sort of stuff just so long as you're better than the Democrat. And I don't like that. But now I have to cast some, some blame on people even who agree with me about Trump, people who are not going to vote for Trump and also aren't going to vote for Hillary. There's a tendency when you really dislike one of the candidates to start seeing the other through rose-colored glasses. Okay, I really dislike Trump a lot. I also really dislike Hillary. I've never seen her through rose-colored glasses. There's no point at which I said Hillary Clinton is a good candidate, a good person, or a decent secretary of state, or that she'd make a decent president. I've said none of those things because I don't think they're true. I've said throughout this election cycle, she will be an absolute pile of garbage topped by another pile of garbage topped by an elephant crap. Okay, she's going to be terrible. And I've said that the entire time, no matter how much I dislike Trump, and no matter how much I dislike her, I think that Trump is basically the same thing. And I think that you can see these things clearly, even if you're going to vote for one of them or the other. But what you see is people aren't, they, they don't allow themselves to think this way. So, so, so here's a criticism for some of the never Trump people. Just because you're not voting for Trump does not make Hillary palatable. It doesn't mean that this FBI thing isn't bad for her, because it is bad for her. It doesn't mean that, that Hillary isn't a bad person, because she is a bad person. Just because you don't like Trump doesn't make Hillary any better. So, as an example, here is Anna Navarro, who's a Republican consultant. She's on ABC News all the time. Here's what she had to say about Hillary versus Trump. Yeah, look, I, I think that... At the end of the day, this has not changed the loyalists, the staunch supporters on either side, one iota. The question is, what is it going to do to that very small percentage of people who have yet to make a decision? And it is, you know, does it disgust them to the, part, to the point where they don't participate? They now are faced with a choice between a bad person or a person with bad judgment. It is a very bad choice for the American people. Okay, so she says that, that basically it's bad person versus person with bad judgment. That, of course, is not true. It's two bad people running against each other. So Navarro dislikes Trump so much, she's now fibbing about what Clinton is. I don't disagree with her assessment of Trump. 
I disagree with her assessment of Clinton. Jennifer Rubin does the same thing. She's over at the Washington Post. She really dislikes Donald Trump. And so now she's going to start saying things about the media that aren't true because she's been blinded by the fact she doesn't like Donald Trump so much. So I don't think that this is necessarily the media choosing to root for one side or to make him look bad. It is an intentional strategy on his part. I also think that, frankly, um, you know, you could take any segment of the election, these 12 weeks. If you took the period of time, for example, when the FBI originally came out on the emails, the news was quite negative for a very long period of time against Hillary. So there is an ebb and flow. And I think just to say 91% of it during these few weeks goes this way doesn't look at the uh, election as a whole. And I think it will be interesting at the end to see how the numbers play out over the entire election season. So it's not about the media going after Donald Trump. There's no real bias against Donald Trump. It's just about the handling. No, the media hates Donald Trump. They admit they hate Donald Trump. They admit they have an agenda. Again, this is Jennifer Rubin being blinded by her own bias because she doesn't like Trump so much. I think even George Will is, is doing some of this. I think this is more accurate what George Will is about to say, but George Will is an anti-Trump guy. And here, I think that he's really not getting the full import of the FBI investigation of Hillary Clinton. There's no evidence whatever yet that there is new evidence pertaining to the email thing because this is a contentless October surprise at this point. What Mr. Comey said is the emails appear to be pertinent. Well, they can be pertinent without being significant because they can in demonstrating extreme recklessness, the category the FBI invented to avoid accusing her of gross negligence, which is a felony. Okay, and so he says that this is, con and he's right to a certain extent, we don't know what's there, but to pretend that this is totally contentless is not true. Obviously, the FBI director knows something, otherwise he wouldn't be saying anything at this point. So there's, there's a mistake that's being made by some of the Never Trump people that I don't like to see, and that is them painting Hillary as, as less sinister than she is because they don't like Trump. And you already saw it on the other side, Bill Maher painting painting Hillary as less sinister because they because they don't like Trump. Uh, it's it's really not something I'm fond of. We've seen it with Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram this entire election cycle. They hate Hillary so much that they're willing to paint Donald Trump as something that he's not. How about we all are just honest with who these people are, and then we can make a call? And I'm not telling you how to make the call. I'm telling you how I made the call. I think I'm right, obviously. But that doesn't mean that you're going to make the same decision. And I'm in a slightly different position than other people with regard to this election because I express my opinion on politics clearly every single day. And so my vote matters more to me anyway than it would mean to maybe somebody who votes once every four years and doesn't pay real deep attention to this sort of stuff. OK, so now let's let's look at one last thing here and then we'll get to stuff I like, stuff I hate and deconstructing the culture. So the Hillary Clinton. You can tell how desperate she is. She's so desperate now that she is now enlisting the star of a 1964 ad to question Donald Trump on nukes. So, for people who don't know, in 1964, probably the most famous political ad of all time, I don't even think it ran on TV, uh, there was an ad that was cut against Barry Goldwater in which was a little girl counting down as she, as she pulled petals off a daisy. It's called the Daisy Ad because of this. And then there's a big nuclear explosion, and the idea is that Barry Goldwater is going to blow up the world. Why Hillary Clinton thinks that it's worthwhile to trot out a reference to an ad that is now, at this point in time, what is that? That's 54 years, 52 years old, a 52-year-old ad in order to make a point about nuclear weapons. This is just, it demonstrates how out of touch Hillary is and also how old she is. She trots out the little girl from the Daisy ad to make the case against Trump. One, 
This was me in 1964. I was in the Daisy ad, which was a political commercial. The fear of nuclear war that we had as children, I never thought our children would ever have to deal with that again. And to see that coming forward in this election is really scary. A foreign policy expert went to advise Donald Trump and three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. If we have them, why can't we use them? I want to be unpredictable. Wouldn't you rather, in a certain sense, have Japan have nuclear weapons? Saudi Arabia we nuclear have weapons? Saudi Arabia, absolutely. What safeguards are there to stop any president who may not be stable from launching a nuclear attack? The commander-in-chief is the commander-in-chief. Bomb the s*** out of him. Okay. Vote for Hillary Clinton on November uh, Insane ad. Ridiculous ad. Okay, if this is the best they've got, they are so toast. I do love the fact that they're now trotting out not somebody who is you know, in Hiroshima for a nuclear for a nuclear bomb drop. They're not trotting out somebody who's like a nuclear expert. They trot out the little girl who was acting in a daisy ad by picking petals from a flower as the authority on nuclear weapons use. It's, it's, it's asinine in the extreme. Hillary's got nothing left in the tank. I think that I, I think that you know maybe she has enough of a lead that it doesn't matter in the end anyway. But there's a reason she's running scared, and it's because she has no thing. She has nothing. So that means that it's Trump to the end, as long as he can keep his discipline. <laughs> as long as he can remain relatively disciplined, then uh, this, this FBI narrative should carry us all the way to Election Day a week from today. Okay, time for some things I like and some things that I hate. So things I like. Uh, there's a, we're still kind of in Halloween mode a little bit. So there's a great movie with Audrey Hepburn and Alan Arkin. It's a, it's a really underrated film. It's about a woman who is blind in her apartment, and she's being victimized by thugs. Uh, and, uh, and the movie's called Wait Until Dark. Here's a little bit of the trailer. Audrey Hepburn, the role you're going to remember whenever you're alone. Gloria? She is blind. And she is alone, with a terrible suspicion growing. Gloria, I know you're there. It's really effective. One of the things I like about this particular film is that most horror movies are built on the idea of some supernatural power that's going to come in and destroy your life and murder you and all this. In this case, I kind of like horror films where it's actually a human being doing something evil because the greatest monsters we experience in life are not actual monsters. Uh, they're, they're human beings who do terrible, terrible things, and that's sort of the, the premise here. Uh, it's a very creepy movie. Alan Arkin is great in it, very, very young. So if you're used to seeing him in things like Little Miss Sunshine, get ready for young Alan Arkin. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a very good movie. And, they, of course, Wait Until Dark is the name. Okay, things that I hate. Okay, I'm getting real sick of people comparing things to the Holocaust uselessly. It's just so stupid. First of all, I, I have a general objection. People 
say that it's terrible to compare things to Hitler. I don't think it's terrible to compare things to Hitler unless, if, if they are rationally related, if they're rationally related. So, for example, you can't say things like Hitler was a vegetarian and therefore all vegetarians are bad because that's stupid, okay? His vegetarianism had nothing to do with him slaughtering six million Jews or murdering 50 million people around the world or being responsible for their deaths, right? But if you say things like Hitler's policy of removing guns from domestic, from domestic Jews helped facilitate his ability to deport those Jews to concentration camps, that now starts to look more like an actual political argument. And I don't oppose the invocation of Hitler to that extent. Okay, what I do oppose is when people compare things to the Holocaust, it's really dumb unless there's an actual Holocaust going on. And that means a government-sponsored campaign to wipe out an entire population. Okay, one of the things that is so... what, What the left likes to do is they like to suggest that language is the same as action. It's one of my big bugaboos in life. Language is not the same as action. You saying something is not the same as you doing something. This is the left's microaggression culture. If I say something you don't like, then that's the same thing as me punching you. Right? It's an aggression. No, it isn't. Okay? And when this NPR lady says that the, the, the phrase illegal immigrant is compared to the Holocaust, comparable to the Holocaust, that's just idiotic. Here we go. It is most unfair, though, to legal immigrants to allow illegals to hop in front of them and cheat the system. And that, that is what so, Donald so, Trump, he has given a voice wait, wait, wait a to dispossess. So you, 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 you are on roll there, but uh, so, uh, Maria so wants to get you in. you are going to use, I mean, I don't know how, in fact, it was just yesterday, I think, I had to put another Twitter, which is, illegals is not a noun. It is not a noun. You cannot well, an illegal be, immigrant. I'll use it then as an adjective. An it, it illegal matter, immigrant. Actually, if you're person, here, no, no, no. when you're not you allowed to do, be here, it's illegal. Can, is that you can say it is an immigrant living illegally or an immigrant living without papers or without documents in this country. But what you cannot do is to label a person illegal. And the reason why I say this is not because I learned it from some radical Latino or Latina studies professor when I was a college student. I learned it from Elie Wiesel, who survived the Holocaust, who said, you know what? The first thing they did was that they declared the Jews to be an illegal people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about at this point. This is oh, real fear. When I was looking at the numbers in terms of the... You know, come the hell on. When he said they declared the Jews to be an illegal people, what he meant is they declared Jews who were legitimate citizens of the nations in which they were labeled illegal, right, to be not citizens. That's what they did. Okay, they took legal citizens and made them not legal citizens. She's talking about people who are here illegally not using the word illegal because that's the same as how Germans treated Jews in 1939 Germany. What absolute historical hogwash. The idea that anybody is talking about the mass murder of illegal immigrants is just insane. Nobody is talking about that. And using the term illegal immigrant does not mean that you want to kill illegal immigrants. It doesn't even mean you want to deport a lot of illegal immigrants, by the way. There are a lot of people who use that language who would like to see some sort of legalization program for people over time. But it's just, but this is how the left does its business. They like to control the language, and they feel if they control the language— then they can control the debate because that's true. And that's true. If you, if, you, if you change it from illegal immigrants to people who are here without papers, that suggests that the punishment should be just to give them papers. There shouldn't be a punishment. We should just give them papers, right? If I say to you that you're in a place without papers, the solution is you get the papers. Well, maybe the solution is you shouldn't have been there in the first place. Depends on how you got there, what you're doing here, and what you've been doing. Okay, now it's time to... Uh, let, let's do a little bit of deconstruction of the culture. So... Uh, we've been we've been putting this off for a little while because deconstructing the culture day Tuesdays that always tends to fall on Jewish holidays this year. But let's deconstruct a little bit of culture. So everybody is mad at Amy Schumer. There are a lot of good reasons to be mad at Amy Schumer. Among them that she's not funny and she talks about her genitalia incessantly. But 
Amy Schumer, it, it's not really worth being being angry at Amy Schumer over making fun of a Beyonce video. So there's this great worship of Beyonce that is now set out across the land. If you do not bow before Queen Bey, then you are some sort of evil person. The SNL did a fantastic sketch on this uh, probably a couple of years ago where they, they called the Bajency. Where if you're not a member of the Bay, the, the Bajency will come and get you if you say you don't like uh, Beyonce song. And the, and, the, and the White House obviously extends this. I mean, the, the Obamas worship the altar of Beyonce. The media pretends she's a feminist while she wags her butt like a common prostitute uh, in public. It's just, it, it, it's, it's silliness all the way around. But one of her videos is this one called Formation. And this has become very popular in civil rights circles because it targets the police and says that the police are terrible. Here's what it looks like. What happened at the New Orleans? I'm back. I'm popular the man. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. Sauce in my bag. Swag. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. I, oh, oh yes. I like that. Okay, so this whole video is like taking place in kind of in kind of poor Louisiana, and the idea here is that it's a that there's this a wonderful culture uh, that is worthy of of imitation. Okay, whatever. I don't really care. But the but you know the the idea that first of all. Beyonce actually can sing, and it's annoying to hear her do these routines where she doesn't actually have to sing, and she just sits around shaking her breasts, which is half this video. But, you know, the, the lyrics here are, I like my baby hair with baby hair and afros. I like my Negro nose with Jackson 5 nostrils, right? So it's all about the idea of ethnic pride. Okay, I have my own objections to this song because I don't believe in ethnic pride as a general rule. As I've said before, just because Sandy Koufax was a Jewish picture did not make him an important Jew in any real sense. But... Be, Amy Schumer did did a parody of of this video, and everyone lost their mind. I'm back. I'm popular, the man. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. Shows up, so you're seeing Goldie Hawn on top of a car, and I guess everybody's mad because it was a black cultural video, and now you got and now it's Amy Schumer remaking this thing 
in a bizarre way that no one understands what's going on or why it happened or or why this is funny or who's doing it or anything. So she wrote this piece. People lost their minds over this. How dare Amy Schumer make a video making fun of a Beyonce video? No one must mock the gods. Okay, so here's what she wrote at Medium.com. Saying I love Beyonce's album Lemonade is a huge understatement. I believe it is one of the greatest pieces of art of our time. First of all, no, no, it, no, uh, no. Just no, no. She says, we were shooting our movie in Hawaii this summer. We were all crazy for the album and also for Hillary Clinton. See, this is her demonstrating her bona fides. She's a wonderful person because she loves Hillary. We had rushed back to our television or phones to watch a stream of CNN to see the convention and watch Hillary and Michelle and so many extraordinary women speak. All of the women on set were bonded together from this music and from the election simultaneously. It was a powerful time. I love how the lyrics of Formation, Beyonce is telling us to get in formation. First of all, only Democrats could love the idea of being put in formation. Also, I like to think she's telling us ladies to get in formation. I did not mean to detract any of the meaning from the video. I am, of course, horrified and sickened by the events that are addressed throughout that video and didn't see this as minimizing that and still don't. People were saying this minimizes uh, what happened in, in New Orleans and how terrible all of that was. So stupid. She says, Lemonade brought us all together. We listened to the album and danced every day, always making everyone feel better no matter what we were going through. We learned the dance to formation. It got us through the summer. My, my stunt double even got a lemonade tattoo because of how real and meaningful it was to her and to us. Okay, Taylor's a tattoo aficionado. Is that a smart tattoo or a stupid tattoo, Taylor? Stupid. That's a stupid tattoo, correct. So, she says, we would use each location we shot at and do a part of the song. It was never a parody. It was just us women celebrating each other. Even if it was a parody, who cares? There's nothing to parody. First of all, it's a crappy parody. It's just a bunch of white people doing the exact same video for Formation, which is a crappy song with a crappy video. And she says she has Beyonce's and Jay-Z's approval. I didn't realize that we need approval now from the artists that we parody. Just amazing. But that's how, that's how over the top the, the, cultural, the cultural pressure has become that this is now something mildly controversial. It's not even mildly, it isn't mildly controversial. And the fact that everybody has to be pushed into line demonstrates how pathetic our, our, our modern culture has become. Everybody must be in leftist line, and they must all worship at the altars they wish to worship. Okay, so tomorrow we will be back, and we'll have more. I'll give you the update from my campus tour. Plus, uh, so tomorrow's Bible Day, because Wednesday, and then Thursday is the, uh, and then Thursday is, uh, is mailbag day. So we have a lot coming up this week, and uh, obviously we'll keep you updated on this crazy, insane election, and we'll tell you if, uh, if Hillary does ever drop that Donald Trump having sex with a horse tape. You never know. I hope not, because no one needs to see that. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.